0: His name amen all right Romans oh, I'm sorry Revelation sorry Revelation chapter 19 I know I'm really going to disappoint a certain individual I'm not going to mention her name Sonia but uh, we are not going to review okay All right, we are diving right into this, okay? We're only going to look at just uh, from 17 through 21, but this chapter of chapter 19 is just chock full of information, um, great truths, the coming of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and as and i have enjoyed this study it has opened up a whole new world to me just opened up a whole new world of of what is going to occur in the future and i have read the book of revelation many times and and i'm like you i have i have read read and read and some of the things that i've read uh i have just shaken my head at and and just uh, what in the world uh am i reading I, i I don't comprehend any of what I have just read. Um, I had to, there was a certain teacher at school that uh, found out that I do not celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving. And he also found out that I totally, I'm not going to use that hate word because I have been rebuked that I should never say that word because it is a very strong word. So, instead of saying the hate word, I just say, I strongly dislike. So, I strongly dislike Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas. So, this certain teacher heard that I dislike it. I walked into my classroom Monday morning, and we have smart boards in there. Well, he snuck in under the cloak of darkness, and put on Mariah Carey on a constant loop, yes. singing that song. And he was hiding around the corner. And I walked out and said, all right, who did it? And he poked his head around and just smiling at me. And Sean rejoiced because she's like, finally, after 34 years of marriage, I have finally found the one that can meet your match. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! The whole, the whole, the whole school is loving it. I'm walking down the hallway today, and everybody's going, you know, singing "All I Want for Christmas." I mean, it's, it's, so, so I told him today, I said, "Now, Ken, I want you to know this: that I'm studying the Book of Revelation, and you know, there are the bowls of judgment. There are." The woes and they come in stages and they happen when the world was least expecting it so just be on the alert because when I have revenge it will come with wrath and so I've got him now looking over his shoulder And I've got something in mind because a certain day is coming up that he does not like here soon. And if you say anything, okay, all right. Okay, his birthday is coming up, and he does not want his birthday known. So, Okay, don't tell Caitlin. All right. So anyway, I digress, and now I'm returning back. Well, this is what we're going to be looking at tonight. Is the final event in all of the history of mankind. So people want to know where, when is the world going to end? Well, here we are. This is when it's going to end. The final battle of Armageddon. You know there have been numerous books, movies. Uh, I saw that there is a game show. Uh, I haven't watched the game show. I just heard it advertised the other day called. Armageddon. Barmageddon. Uh, have have you, any of y'all heard of it or seen it? It's called ba- Barmageddon or Bamageddon, something along those lines. It really, as I, as I heard this, you know what it's really doing? It is desensitizing people to, to what is going to happen. You know the Bruce Willis movie that came out in the 90s, Armageddon, that the world was going to come to an end? Um so numerous fiction non-fiction books have been written about it uh movies once again sermons have been preached over and over and over on the battle of Armageddon but we can but we as believers we can we could depend on the fact that this battle is going to happen and it is true because why God's word is true God's Word said it's going to happen. It is going to happen exactly at that site, the Valley of Megiddo that has been predicted that that is where it's going to happen, and Napoleon said that that is the perfect valley for it to occur. That is the perfect battlefield. But you know, we live in a world that is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-truth, and is always going to in some form or fashion, attack what is happening, going to happen. You know, Psalm chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord, against His anointed, saying, Let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. But we've got to remember that the Lord will get the ultimate revenge at the ultimate day of reckoning. And that the battle of Armageddon is no joke to him. And that mankind will be held accountable and will be judged. It was predicted back in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12 For the Lord of armies will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is arrogant and haughty, and against everyone who is lifted up, that he may be brought low. And then also in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6 Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Now, this this day of reckoning is known uh, in Scripture and also known in different conversations of different names. I'm just going to give you a few. Uh, There's one, it's called the Great Day of Jehovah, the Great Day of God, the Final Battle of Human History the judgment of God upon mankind and godless governments, the supper of the great God, the day of the Lord, and the great battle of Armageddon. But we can conclude by saying that it is the intervention of Jesus Christ into world history. I think it was James Montgomery Boyce that described it as that, the intervention of Jesus Christ into world history. Because he is returning to earth, he will destroy all the evil forces that will be upon the earth for all of eternity. So now let's let's look at this latter part of this chapter here. And let's look at verses 17 and 18, where it says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, To all the birds which fly in mid heaven, come, assemble for the great Supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of commanders, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, and small and great. So the first point that I want to give you is the gathering for the Great Supper. Now, I want you to note here that there is a description here given, or a title that is given. And that title is the Great Supper of God. It is different than the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb that we talked about a couple of Wednesday nights ago was a supper of rejoicing. It was a supper for the rejoicing of the believers, those that have been saved throughout all of history. Old Testament, New Testament. The second supper that we're seeing here in verse 17, the great supper is a supper of judgment. So the first one, rejoicing. The second, judgment. Judgment for whom? Okay? Let's look at that first one. Is rejoicing for whom? believers second one the great Supper a judgment against whom unbelievers all of the unbelievers they will be judged the ones that exalt themselves against God in that final battle so now let's look at verse 17 I want you to try to picture and as I'm as I'm studying this on Sunday afternoon as I'm putting this outline together as I'm reading different commentaries and I, and I listen or read other sermons and things, I, I try to picture in my mind's eye all of, all of these events. And I'm a very visual person, and so I try to visually um, imagine in my mind's eye all of this happening. And my mind went back to a few months ago when Uh, I was in order to become a member of the organization I was telling you about earlier you have to trace your ancestry and you have to be able to prove documentation that your ancestor was was involved in in the war the civil war so I found out who my ancestor was it was my great great grandfather and so I Called my mother, and I said, hey, I said, do you know where he is buried? Oh, yeah, I tell you where they're all buried. Well, why have you been hiding this from me for all these years? Well, you never asked. Okay, well, I'm asking. So she told me. So his gravesite is in Cross Creek Number 1, right across from St. Anne's Catholic Church. So I went down there, and I parked. I walked in, and that, also that was where the the Confederate... A uh, grave monument was, and it was removed, it was the oldest monument in the state of North Carolina. It's been removed, stored away, but there are still grave sites around there to Confederate veterans. Well, I'm walking around, and I've I found, but then as I'm walking through the cemetery, these great big vultures start swooping in. Now, I'll tell you, that's a little disconcerting. You're walking through a cemetery, and vultures are coming in. Okay, so they're swooping in. Well, there was a dead animal, like a rabbit or a squirrel or something, and they were they were fighting over this, this dead animal. Well, while I'm preparing this the other day, that was the first thought that came to my mind, was here is the calling of vultures and crows and those birds that, eat dead things and they're being called in from all around the world and they're being called in to this valley so there's the calling of the birds of the world as we see in verse 17 now what was the purpose of the calling of these birds to destroy and devour the wicked that was the purpose to destroy and devour the wicked. Now we see that in verse 18 it says that I saw an angel or so that you may eat the flesh of kings flesh of commanders fle- the flesh of mighty men flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all men both free men and slaves and small and great. Now if you would just keep your, your place here let's go to to the old testament let's go to Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 39, and we're going to look at verses 17 through 20. You know, Ezekiel had, and Daniel both, they had a lot to say as far as predicting um, the future. Especially in regard to the last days. Okay, beginning with verse 17 of Ezekiel chapter 39, it says, As for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to every kind of bird, to every beast of the field, assemble and, and come, gather from every side to my sacrifice, which I am going to sacrifice for you as a great sacrifice on the mountains of Israel, so that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of the princes of the earth as though they were rams, lambs, goats, and bulls, all of them fatlings of Bashan. So you will eat fat until you are uh, glutted and drink blood until you are drunk. For my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you, you will be glutted at my table with horses and charioteers, with mighty men and all the men of war declares the lord god what is being prophesied this right here this event the great supper that is what is being predicted by an old testament prophet so let's go to number two in verse 19 and i saw a beast or the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him okay note him is capitalized who sat on the horse and against his army. So, in, so here we see in verse 19, we see the gathering of the world's armies. These will be all of the world's armies except for Israel. I, I think, now this is just Wayne Smith speaking, I can't prove this by Scripture, but I believe that the United States will ex, will cease to exist as we know it. It may still be a nation, but it will cease being the most powerful nation in the world. It will just be another nation. And we're even seeing now in the world economy that the United States is no longer a great nation economically. Okay, China is overcoming the United States as far as being economically powerful. I think well all, I th- I think uh, unless something changes in the next election I think we'll see militarily we'll see the the, the United States second to China maybe even to Russia because if you look at scripture where it talks about the northern kingdoms of Gog and Magog they are the kingdoms of Europe. The United States won't be a part of this. I mean they're just they'll just be another just a a country that's fallen apart and just gone into uh, in, into oblivion. So this will be all the nations of the world that have come underneath the spell of the Antichrist, underneath the beast, and they will all be united against the nation of Israel. I mean, just look what's happening now. Now, I do not believe that what's happening now uh, in Israel is pointing to the second coming of Christ. It might but I'm not going to say that it's uh, it's definitely pointing to it, but it it is a precursor of what is going to happen. Where all of the nations that surround Israel, we're seeing it now, Palestine. Oh, by the way, did you know that the, the name Palestine comes from Philistine? The Philistines have always been against God have always been against Israel. And I was glad to see that Congress finally took a step forward in censoring uh, Tlaib, whatever her name is, and censored her because of her anti-Semitic rhetoric on the floor of Congress. But you know, I never thought in my lifetime, I'd always heard as a kid, when I would hear preaching on the book of Revelation, that said, you know, there's going to come a day of where Israel, or where the United States will turn against Israel. Well, we're beginning to see that now. We're seeing it now, where people sitting on Congress are turning, saying we should turn against Israel. Biden is even beginning to lessen his support on Israel. People in the department the State Department are say, well, well, you know, yeah, you could defend yourself, but maybe not so hard, maybe not so bad. Okay, we're beginning to see that now. We're allowing protesters in the, in, can you imagine uh, after 9-11 we're allowing uh, Palestinian or Iranian protests to occur in the United States? Of course not. But we're allowing it now because they're attacking Israel. College campuses going against, protesting against the nation of Israel to the point of where Jewish students are having to hide. Yes, exactly. I saw that, I saw that today. So there's a preparation for the gathering. Let's go back to chapter 16. Let's look at verse 12. It says, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates, and his water was dried up, and here's the purpose, so that the way would be prepared for the kings from the east. The kings from the east, that is the preparation. We just read from Ezekiel 38, just a couple of verses, but 38 and 39 predict this, and then also in the book of Joel, Chapter 3, verses 9 through 16 also predicts it as well. Now, who are the participants in this? Well, there's three of them. The first one, of course, is the Antichrist. Secondly are the kings or the leaders of the earth. And then thirdly, the armies of the nations. So the Antichrist is leading, the kings are following, and the armies are gathering. They're all gathering to what? To wipe out Israel and to, wipe out, to try to wipe out God. Satan knows his days are numbered. This is one last fight against God. This is it. So then there's the gather to fight against Christ. Now, I do want you to go to the Old Testament. Let's go to Joel. Sorry, Joel. Not you, okay, the Bible, all right. Just a very small, obscure little book. Let's see if I can find it. Joel, yeah, right, yeah, right for Amos, okay. Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 16. This is the day of the Lord, as we just said that is one of the descriptions of this battle is the day of the Lord. I got a I got a, a text a couple of weeks ago from one of our church members. Wasn't Susan. <laughs> That's fine. I'm glad you do. But the question was, what is the day of the Lord? Well, it's very simple. This is it. This is the day of the Lord. Now, verse 9 says, Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare a war. Rouse the mighty men. Let all the soldiers draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I'm a mighty man. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down, O Lord, your mighty ones. Let the nations be aroused. Come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon grow dark, the stars lose their brightness. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth tremble. But the Lord is a refuge for his people and a stronghold for the sons of Israel. What is that talking about? This event. It's exactly what it's talking about. So now let's look at a third point, then we'll, then we'll finish up. Verses 20 and 21 is the capture and judgment of the forces of evil. The capture and judgment of the forces of evil. It says, And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet, who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. So let's just stop there for a moment. I had never caught this. I have read it many, many times, but there's a certain expression there, I had never caught. Some of you may have. But in verse 20 we see the capture of the Antichrist and the false prophets. Now, I want you to note something here about their capture. First thing is this, they are captured with the very words of Christ. But they are also captured with the brightness of Christ. They are amazed at His brightness. But He also captures them. Look, Christ doesn't have to swing a sword, physical sword. Because his words are the sword. His brightness captures them. But now I want you to look at their judgment. This is what I'd never caught. It says, they're at the last, that these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. They were thrown alive into it. Now, I knew that they were going to be thrown alive into it, but the, the, the I guess the, the visual had never really captured me until I read it in my really in-depth studying on Sunday afternoon. And I saw that and said, wow, what judgment to be thrown alive into hell. And to the deepest part of hell. Where it says that it burns with brimstone. So both are cast into hell. I can tell Rob you want to say something. You're you're I, how can you tell? Know? <laughs> yeah I, I do. Okay. Uh, you know, we we know if Christ carries that we'll have a first death, but we won't have a second death. Right. They only have first death. Yes. Exactly. It is. It is a horrible death. That first death. So both are cast into hell. Now let's look at the weapon of victory that is used to defeat the forces of evil. Verse 21 And the rest were killed. Now they were killed. How were they killed? With the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. So what was the weapon? The words of Christ. What was the defeat? All of the armies will be destroyed. What will happen to the corpses? The birds will have a buffet table. They'll eat them. So this this is what I pictured. When I finished this the other day, I kind of sat back in my office. I sat back in my chair for a moment. And I closed my eyes and I tried picturing now as all of these armies are gathering. And then all of these birds start soaring. You ever seen a buzzard circling over roadkill? Yeah, they're just circling. And these birds, by the, by the hundreds if not thousands of birds, buzzards, vultures, crows, any kind of bird that devours dead things. You know, that's why vultures and buzzards were forbidden from being eaten by, by the Israelites because they feast on dead things. So they were circling and circling. And you know what happens when birds by the hundreds and thousands are circling over what happens to the sunlight. Okay, it's being darkened. And they're circling. Okay, they're all gathered. All these armies are gathered. There's the Antichrist. There's the false prophet. They're waiting to lead their army into battle against God and against the nation of Israel. And down comes Christ. And all he says is one word. That's all he has to say one word and he picks up the antichrist the false prophet they're thrown into hell all the rest of them are killed with his word and then the blood begins to pile up it says that that the blood is so deep it comes up to the horse's bridle and what do those birds start doing eating all of those enemies against God are eaten by the vultures and the buzzards. <laughs> yeah. It does not end well for them. Not at all. does not end well. All right, next week we'll, look, we'll start looking, begin looking at the millennial kingdom next week, the thousand-year millennial kingdom. All right, let's pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, that you are, The ultimate victor. We know, Father, that you will win. You have won with the death of Christ where he said, it is finished. But we do know that we still live in a world system that is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-truth. And that Satan is always working. But we do know that in the end you will get the victory. And now, Father, help us, Lord to trust that victory, dismiss us with our blessing. May we live the rest of this week in, uh, in glory to you. May people see fruit being borne out in our lives. And help us, Lord, to stay focused on you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll be back here Sunday morning. God bless. Have a great rest of the week.